Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Rosario Nunez. I am the Executive Director and Education Consultant at Bayside Project Consulting. We are based in Miami, Florida, and we offer consulting services to higher education institutions in the United States. Today, we are dedicating this podcast to talking about vocational and trade schools. And we hope the information included is going to help you start uh, or continue to operate a successful school in the United States. Vocational and trade schools uh, must comply with most of the same requirements any higher education institution in the United States is uh, required to as uh, colleges and universities. Sometimes they are called technical schools. And uh, the difference between a vocational and trade school with a, a, a college or university is that vocational and trade schools train individuals for an occupation so immediately after graduating, students are able to apply for a license and start uh, the job, an occupational job, uh, or if not, a license is not needed, right away apply for a job. They will not be getting an associate degree or bachelor's degree. Um, they usually, depending on the state, the uh, credential awarded at the end of completion of the program will be a diploma or a certificate. And most of them, most of the programs are between 100 hours and you know, 2,000 hours, usually under a year of instruction. Um, so that will be probably around 1,000 hours or less. So the first uh, requirement for anyone planning on opening a vocational or trade school is to obtain a license to operate. The licenses are issued by the state where the institution is going to be located. Each state has a, a different office. They're all, of course, under the State Department of Education, but the way they set up is for this uh, office that looks after, regulates, and licenses private uh, for secondary education institutions may vary. Um, I recommend if you need assistance locating the uh, State Department where to um, register and get your license for your school, you might visit our website, uh, baysideprojects.com, and there's a page we have dedicated under education that has the list of the 50 U.S. states, and for each, the link to the office that takes care of um, licensing for vocational trade schools and career schools. Um, in order for the application for license to be approved, uh, you know, depending on the state, again, the requirements might change a little bit, but the basic requirements are a corporation needs to be registered on that state. 
um, allocation needs to be secure. So you will need um, a lease agreement or demonstrate ownership of the location. The location needs to be appropriate to the programs that are going to be offered. So depending on the number of programs and the equipment required for the program, besides, of course, having a reception, administrative offices, admission offices, then you will need all the, uh, the classrooms uh, for the theory portion and the practical areas with the corresponding equipment. So for example, if you're planning on opening a beauty school, then the equipment required is, um, is different than if you are planning on opening an air conditioning school or you're planning on opening a digital marketing school or a welding or car repair, automotive. So it will depend pretty much on the uh, type of programs you are planning on uh, being approved for providing that uh, the space, uh, the square footage for your school. Uh, important recommendation, make sure to confirm with the zoning department uh, from the county or the city where you're planning on opening your institution regarding if they will be approved a vocational school of the sorts you're planning on opening in that um, you know zoning area. You will be surprised sometimes. Uh, I have seen along the years some uh, zoning areas that will depend on the exact address where you're uh, planning on opening your school, if the, the city or the county will approve it. Sometimes uh, no school has uh, uh, applied for that kind of permit because depending on the permit is the coding. So you might need to apply for that coding and you will need to go through the process with the city or the county uh, specific to them. Some instances you may find that uh, the county or the city is not um, apt for adding any new um, zoning code. So very important that you confirm before signing a lease agreement. Um, other requirements that you will need to have a bank account uh, in the name of the business corporation you're opening. Usually you will need to have enough funding uh, already available in that account for the uh, operations of the institution for the first year or at least six months. Uh, the personnel, you will need to have admissions personnel, someone uh, depending on the size of the institution, you will need also you know, a receptionist and uh, the campus director, student services, career services. If the institution is very small, maybe uh, some of the staff can um, be responsible for more than one position. Then you have the academic side, and for that, the faculty members will need to have the uh, proper education. So they need to have graduated from the programs they're gonna teach. They should have the licenses and permits if necessary for that profession that is gonna be taught and um, at least one year of work experience in the field. And as I said, requirements might change depending on each state 
uh, some states require uh, business plans. And of course, you will need to present a catalog and enrollment agreement and um, you know some uh, program specifications, documentation for the personnel, and the list uh, you know, keeps on going. In Florida, for example, uh, an application includes an average of 24 exhibits, um, including many of the elements already mentioned. So to start a state license required. Once the state license has been approved, then your institution is uh, ready to open its door and start operating unless the program you are applying to also requires a board approval. For example, uh, nursing, the board of nursing requires approval by them for the new school uh, to offer their program. So you will need to complete both applications or the electrology board, uh, you know, they are uh, dentistry board. So depending on the programs, you will need, if there's a board involved um, for that profession, then you will need to confirm with them if their approval is also required. Sometimes uh, that board requires uh, the facility to be approved also. Um, once that, that is accomplished, uh, um, you will be able to open the doors, start offering your programs, and depending on uh, the state where your school is going to be located, uh, there's a renewal process that will be um, kicking in. And depending on the state, um, it might be annual, it might be every couple of years, uh, you might have on-site visits, announced, unannounced, and um, financial, usually financial reports from the school business are required to be presented annually, as well as annually, usually annual uh, report on grads, uh, withdrawals, enrollments, students that had achieved their license. So that's pretty much the life of the school business while it's open. Very important that you learn to run your school and in compliance with all requirements. I usually, I use the example of opening a medical office. I believe that anyone in any conversation are thinking of someone is gonna open a medical office immediately triggers in your mind uh, all kind of permits and regulations that are going to be taking place. Files as a medical office needs to be uh, maintained in a certain way, annual renewals, uh, reporting, you know, to, to the uh, Department of Health of the state, uh, how you process the claims, so uh, the regulations for the personnel, for the doctor. So owning a school is not really much different than that. There are a lot of regulations that schools are required to offer a curriculum uh, that will truly prepare the students with relevant um, theory and practical experience so they may join the workforce um, and um, become productive members on that uh, sector. And the files need to be maintained in a certain way 
uh, for employees, for the students. So it's, it's very important that uh, you pay attention to that. Um, you might have someone joining your school that has experience running schools or have been on an administrative position for that. Um, if not, um, I do assist um, institutions with compliance training. I review their catalogs and, and give them sample files for employees, for students. Um, and uh, that's you know, something that uh, really benefits. So it's not just, um, it's not just uh, obtaining the license to operate, but learning how to uh, operate your institution on an ongoing basis. So you know uh, you are up to standards and regulation. Now, after uh, you have been running your institution for about two years without interruptions, uh, you might be um, ready for applying for accreditation. And accreditation is not required it's a certification process that uh, will demonstrate that your institution is able to operate with higher standards. Uh, it requires uh, running surveys, conducting meetings in a certain way, having an advisory board, having an annual assessment process, and, uh, you know, Many elements um, are incorporated to what you will have already been um, operating by, right? From the catalog to uh, you know annual employee reviews and how syllabi academics, uh, how admissions is done, and um, so the list goes from there. Why do institutions apply for accreditation? Uh, for the reason that being accredited by an agency that is approved by the Federal Department of Education will, will allow your institution uh, offer, uh, you know, the programs you offer um, for students to apply for federal financial aid. Now, having said that, not all programs um, qualify for financial aid, even if your institution is accredited. When an institution is accredited with the plans of opening federal financial aid, then that means you will be applying for institutional accreditation and with one of the approved accrediting agencies as per the Federal Department of Education. Uh, from all your programs, because it's an it's a, it's a, a company, a school-wide approval. So from all the programs in your institution, the ones that are 600 hours or more are the ones that are will qualify for federal financial aid. And those programs do qualify by the time you get to federal financial aid after you have um, completed the accreditation process, uh, will have need to be in, uh, offering, have enrollment with non-interruption for two years. So when you get to the point of being accredited and already being licensed and in the process of applying for federal financial aid, 
there's an application process you will need to follow. Uh, once that process is completed, then the programs that did qualify initially, uh, then you will be able to uh, offer your students federal financial aid for those programs. Um, another uh, service that you might want to include on the services offered by your school, it could be enrolling students with international student visas. And usually, most cases for institutions to be able to offer that. The institution needs to be institutionally accredited by one of the approved agencies by the Federal Department of Education. That's not um, every case. And um, if you're interested in learning more, there's a page on our website with lots of information available also for free. Uh, you will go to BaysideProjects.com. Under education, you will look for uh, SEVP certification. And there, there's a, an introduction and um, a really good information pointing you to different pages uh, with the Homeland Security Department and guiding you on learning more about that process. So that pretty much wraps it up regarding um, regarding the journey uh, and the life of a vocational trade school. Um, I hope this podcast has enlightened you and given you for helpful information. Uh, you are welcome to visit our website, basedipurchase.com, for many resources and additional information to guide you into opening your school or moving on to compliance or accreditation. And um, if you need assistance, I will be happy to help. Uh, we offer a complimentary consultation, so you're welcome to um, request a complimentary session by calling our main office or uh, completing the complimentary um, consultation form. That's all for now, and see you in the next, next podcast.